Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, that's it. Drink away. Oh, God, I <laughs> need it for this one. <laughs> Will somebody get us another drink? Hello and welcome to Jim and Tomic's Musical Theatre Happy Hour, your weekly podcast with melodies and moonshine. Moon? Have you not ever actual had... moonshine, <laughs> because that's illegal, isn't it? That's illegal. Uh, it's illegal to make moonshine. It's not illegal okay. to drink moonshine. Cool. It's just no, illegal. I've never drank it. Oh man, it's it's it'll kick you in the keister. Yeah, I'm not really a spirit. I think we've talked about this before. I'm not yeah, really you're not really a, a a spirits man. No, especially yeah, no, I, things like you know pure methylated spirits, which I think <laughs> is what moonshine is. So yeah, can avoid it. I had moonshine. Uh, sitting out back of an RV at a NASCAR race in Kentucky. Wow, that's the most American. It's I it's probably one of the most American things I've ever done. Yeah, if you're wearing a cowboy hat and shooting a gun at the same time, that's literally <laughs> like you win a prize. I think. I think. Yeah, that's how you, become, you become president. president. Yeah. yeah, that's that's, that's what it. you do. That's the requirement. So cool. I'm I'm, I'm well on my way. Watch out, America, yeah. November eighth. Tommy for president. Do, do it a write in. That'd be good. <laughs> imagine, imagine that. Imagine. Uh, what are what are you what are you drinking today? Um, today I'm gonna I'm drinking a, a Beaujolais, a French wine. Ooh, how fancy! Thanks. What are you uh, drinking? I'm drinking an English style old ale. English ale. Yeah, it's called Hibernation Ale. They made it in a mountain. Amazing. Is mm-hmm. it nice? It's pretty good. It's heavy. Is it? Did you say it was a? It's not. No, it's not a stout. No, but it's close to a stout. <laughs> cool. Um, it would be it's like a great stout. chat for you guys. Sorry. <laughs> 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 Who wants to? I don't want to. Uh, we should get into this. All right, our, our so, quiz question last week. Yeah. During which musical are you more likely to die in Stuttgart than you are in Los Angeles? It's Tommy's favorite musical. <sighs> The Phantom of the Opera. Dun 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 dun. Dun. Why are so, we doing this? 
That's a great question because the <sighs> people want it. I don't even know if they want it, but they do. They, some they someone do. Will. Someone I get will. I get comments all the time, <clears throat> all the time. I'd be like, I really want to know what you he- feel about Phantom of the Opera. It is my favorite musical. Uh huh. And then <sighs> you delete them and block them, and basically, I'm like, please never know, watch my videos yeah, again. By subpoena and yeah, just get rid of them. Exactly. Them. Remove their <laughs> internet privileges. Yeah. Um, before we do that, should we explain what the quiz question meant? Oh yeah, <laughs> we absolutely should. Anyone, <laughs> I think a single person got that. <laughs> but that's just because I'm a good so one. good. I'm so good at quiz questions. Well, it's that's, true. That's, it's that's true. really, really good. It's a good um, question. So basically, it's quite notorious. I don't know if this is a thing that people know. Um, with the the chandelier crash, everyone knows that the chandelier crash is in Phantom. Yeah, spoiler alert. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Hey. Um, that's the glorifying end of Act One. And it can either be really exciting or really shit crap yeah. <laughs> or really <laughs> naff. There you go. Um, <laughs> and uh, so basically, obviously, everywhere in the world has different regulations to do with health and safety um and it just so happens that in stuttgart they are a lot more lax than they are in la so (laughs) the way the speed at which the chandelier falls in stuttgart is much more terrifying than the speed at which it falls in la which is literally just like a a brief stroll it's like well (laughs) you gotta you gotta check out the compilation video we'll probably put in the show notes yep um but the los angeles one it's like Oh no! <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. It's that. Um, uh, it's like <laughs> yeah, just it's just like that. So, Mister T, you hate Phantom of the Opera, yeah? We should tell people what it's about first, because we should do it in order. We should. Um. So, Mister T, tell me what Phantom of the Opera is. Phantom of the Opera is the story of a pair of the Paris Opera House in when are we? 1800 1881 okay i think and it's it's the the infamous haunted tale of this mysterious figure who haunts the Mm. opera house aptly named the phantom of the opera and one opera singer gets replaced by another opera singer and she falls in love with a guy who maybe she knew before i guess but that doesn't really seem to be terribly applicable once we get through like a song and a half but She's also being secretly musically trained by the Phantom of the Opera, and that's why her voice is so great. And so then there's this love triangle that happens, but the Phantom of the Opera is also a fantastic stagecraft technician and wonderful jack-of-all-trades when it comes to the opera, and so commands that they perform his own opera, which is filled with all sorts of... It's like a booby-trapped opera. And... Chaos ensues. There's a boat. We sing. There's chandeliers, uh, and it falls. And then it's it's a love story. Is that a good summary? Bravo! Bravo! But like, I feel like a, that's about as specific as this story gets. Yeah, I think so. I think that's that's kind of covered all bases. He's got a uh, um, deform, a facial deformity. You oh that, yeah. Right? It's and he's so and he because he was beat as a child he's very well, I think messed he, up he in was, the head was he not with the freak show he was with the freak show which we yeah. see more and like that is what made him the way he is and fatally flawed character and like so the Phantom of the Opera this is a very serious in the same way that Sweeney Todd is not a, an original musical by any means yeah 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 this is based on an old French series of books serial books yeah uh, it was yeah like a little i think it was like four or five little small serials yeah. that got brought together by larue but not the not the songstress <laughs> larue um but he did go in for the kill yeah eh? nah. eh, you don't get that joke no nope. anyway um <laughs> that's okay someone will someone someone laughed just there um yeah, so apart, but apparently the original novel was uh, not very well received. That's crazy because there's there's all sorts of black and white movies based on it. This is not the first musical to be based on Phantom of mm-hmm. the Opera. It seems it it seems as well like oh well, by the way we'll get into that in a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems as well that everyone seems to find the Phantom of the Opera in a dusty bookshop. It seems yeah. like all stories about like any origin, yeah. <laughs> any adaptation. Like stumbled across it in a you and they and... find this magical book. So yeah. I can only imagine there's only like six copies in the world and they've right. all been 
and they're just passed around. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all dusty. They're all really dusty. Just like this show. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, so that's what's based on. And I think this, of all the adaptations, this seems to be the one that's, I guess, most closely based, like closely adapted. Really? Yeah, it seems like it. It's interesting. Um, certainly of the musicals, anyway. It's, I mean, it's certainly the most popular adaptation, by yeah. and large. So, currently, the longest-running Broadway show ever. Yeah, I believe also third, the longest... No, run... third longest West End. So, Les Mis is in front of it? Les Mis. Well, The Mouse Trap's number one. It's been going on for, like, 60-odd years. But, but it's, it's a play. It's, it's a play. Um, Les Mis musical is. And then Phantom. Then Bandum. Then like cat like fall by fall by basically all of Ashley Weber's cats. Yeah. God um, damn it. Why? I know. Wait, well we've done this before. <laughs> 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 it's right, I'll grin and bear it. Exactly. Well there's lots of things we didn't cover in cats, so That's true. We'll get to them with this suffers one. too. Yeah, exactly. This is the this thing in the tail. The preemptive This is preemptive. our love never dies. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not preemptive apologies, postemptive apologies to everyone who enjoys Phantom of the Opera. You are a valid and important human being, and we disagree. Exactly. Just like I like cats, and Tommy walked all, walked all over me for that. How one. do you feel about Phantom of the Opera? I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Okay. I don't, I don't hate it by any stretch. It doesn't offend okay. me. It deeply offends me. <laughs> yeah, I know it does. I know. I know. Um, but I, So I've seen it on stage, and it, it, was, it was like good. It was dramatic. Um, at times, and <laughs> it, it was like it was like a an entertaining evening at the theater. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I've seen a lot worse. It wasn't, I you know, I let I did leave questioning like why, a why is this still going on, and why yeah. is it still the exact same production, mm-hmm. and b, just yeah, why do people love it so much? Why do people love it so much? So, ah, my so the research I was doing about like the inception of this piece. Um, and Andrew Lloyd Webber wanting to write it. And he starts out by saying that he wanted to write a love story. He did. He was really, really... Because uh, like that was the thing that was inside him and, that he was trying to write. And all of the trailers for Phantom, you know, call it the, the passion and the romance and stuff like that. Yep. Can we pause and look at that? Because how yeah. ridiculously awful that this is the love story you put into the world. A deranged, disfigured madman basically drives an opera singer to Stockholm Syndrome through stalking her boyfriend and attempting to kill everyone around her if she doesn't do what he wants, and she falls in love with him at the end. That's effed up. But she doesn't really fall in love with him. She concedes, at least. Yeah, but just to save Raul. Yeah, but still, like, that's, you know, she doesn't run away from the theater. Like, No, she doesn't, she doesn't leave. No, um, she's no, still, it's, like, it's, contemplating the that, it the whole time. The thing that I always get really confused about with it is, like, who who is the love story about? Like, is it about the Phantom and Christine? Yeah. Is it about Raul and Christine? Where they obviously are in love. Right. And that's, but, that's fine. It's not the central love story, and no. like it's 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 more, it's like this dark love. It's like sad love. It's not even unrequited because no, it's, it's barely, kind of more manipulated than that. Isn't it's it? barely even love. It's like yeah, it's it's, it's even just yeah, and like for no particular reason. You know the like even in the grossest way, the Phantom is never like oh I love the way you look. Or I enjoy mm-hmm. the way, like, there's nothing specific about why this particular relationship, you know? It's just yeah. like, I want it and I must have it. It is so surface level. Yeah. Well, it, it, the whole thing is is supposed to be that he, fall, he falls in love with her voice. Yeah. Because he's obviously lived in this opera house and um, needs this music to live. And she kind of comes along and he's like, great, I'll teach you. Um, so this is this is where this is where it starts to split from. Well, it doesn't split from the book, but just uh-huh. like it differs in other adaptations and stuff. Basically, you you know that she's being taught by someone mm-hmm. um, how to sing, uh, but you don't know who that is. Now you find out later it's this like 
man in the mirror who mm-hmm. is teaching or like wherever he is yeah disembodied voice of michael crawford is teaching her how to sing um <laughs> and then uh you know she she sings and then she's like ah oh, but you know i want to see ya and then he right. shows her and he's like come down to my lair now um and then that's where the fun starts so i, I think it's i don't know i suppose the idea is that's like she's like in love with his mystique i don't know i don't really know or like does he have magical powers and is able to kind of vocally hypnotize her yeah who knows who knows we don't certainly Sir, <laughs> the audience I member th- <laughs> i don't think anyone does but like that so if that is the plot make it clear like if exactly this, it should be clear like this is i think another one of my big problems with this is the parts i like mm-hmm. and that makes the rest of it even more disappointing it is both on stage and the movie are visually stunning and no one I think can argue with that. I yeah. think that that is something Phantom of the Opera absolutely will always have going for it. And the core of the plot interests me so much. Mm-hmm. This this weird deranged guy who haunts an opera house. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting and there's a lot of great things you could do with that. Yeah. And it doesn't go anywhere. Um, so you'd really like Phantom by Maury Astin. Really? So this is the yeah. other musical, right? So this is this is the, so the technically the second, yeah, but also somehow some ways the third. So basically, right? So let's go to the origin story of Phantom and mm-hmm. how ridiculous this is. Mm. So the very very first musical theater incarnation of Phantom of the Opera was a musical called Phantom of the Opera, um, mm. by a guy called Ken Hall. Um, or Ken Hill, Ken Hill, Hill, and uh, so he previously directed um Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat for AL Dubs. Okay. Um, back in the day, and they so they had worked together on that, and then uh, Ken Hill got into writing and started adapting kind of these in quite a lot of these kind of gothic horror stories. He also did a version of like The Invisible Man, which used magic and stuff like that. Um, anyway, so did. Phantom of the Opera, and that existed, and it did all right. You know, nothing groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, it did did absolutely fine. So then, a few years later, the I can't remember who it was. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Someone <laughs> contacted Maury Yeston after he won the Tony for Nine, being like, "Hey, we want you to write um another musical adaptation of Phantom of the Opera for Broadway." Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, "Cool." I'll I'll go with that. That's cool. Um, drafted quite a lot of the music. Um, and he got the rights from the Larue's team. Meanwhile, Android Weber, uh, had been having conversations, uh, with Cam McIntosh and Ken mm-hmm. Hill mm-hmm. about doing another musical adaptation of Phantom of the Opera, mm-hmm. um, because the rights for the story were about to become available. So, um, they were they were kind of plotting their one. And it was supposed to be a kind of collaboration between Android Weber and Ken Hill. And then Android Weber was like, nah, I'm just going to do it myself. But I'll, I'll say that I'm inspired by your one. Mm-hmm. Um, and proceeded to make the Phantom of the Opera that we know and love today. Then that hit, obviously, the West End. Mm-hmm. Whilst um, Maury Eston's one was about to go on to Broadway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because ALW's one was such a smash. Yeah. That um, was the end of that. Yeah, the producers just backed out of backing Maury Essen's one and it never got to, well, it got to exist, but not to any degree, any of the same degree as AL Dubs won. So, money won again. The age old Broadway tale <laughs> of, of money. Um, but that, like, to me, that's just like quintessential Android weather. Oh, oh, <laughs> like, absolutely. That's the tale as old as time. Like, Kind of stepping on other people to mm-hmm. to get his success. get your way, and you know it was such a success. But so I've I've not heard the Ken Hill version. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know anything about that. Uh, but Phantom by Maury Yeston, I actually love. I really really like it. Uh-huh. Really really good. I should um, give it a listen. Definitely give it a listen. Um, it's it's more what's well, darker, mm-hmm. which is good. There's less B plot. Okay. Very good. The songs for the Phantom is is um on the cast recording. It's the guy who voiced Gaston in Beauty and the Beast. Oh no way! So it's like really really good. And his songs again a lot darker, but 
basically in the story you get to see a lot more of the phantom's backstory mm-hmm. um and you find out that basically the original owner of the opera house the one who has to sell it uh-huh. um was the phantom's dad okay and was kind of like keeping him safe mm-hmm. very quasimodo-esque very quasimodo-esque and you know keeping hiding him away because he's deformed mm-hmm. you know the, the kind of same love story happens blah blah blah, blah. uh but it's much more phantom focused he still does okay. some bad things he kills um carlotta which is kind uh-huh. of cool other thing yeah that's great <laughs> uh, but it is pretty cool uh and yeah still kind of steals christine away and she has that same kind of conversation that she has it's not I'm, i don't i don't hate you because you're ugly i just hate you because you're shit yeah See, and, wouldn't that be a great line in this musical <laughs> right exactly um, and then uh he proceeds well the police end up coming in and finding him and his dad has to shoot him at the end it's really really tragic so it's much more of a yeah. like, tragedy yeah, not a uh, romance. Not a romance, exactly. But the, in terms of music, I think it's just paramount. It's yeah. just so much better. Um, so that's Phantom, guys. Uh, next week, what we're yeah. doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think check it out. No more talk of darkness. Forget these wide-eyed fears. I'm here. Nothing can harm you. My words will warm and calm you Let me be your freedom Let daylight dry your tears I'm here with you beside you To guard you and to guide you I, I think one of the large parts of the genesis of the Lloyd Webber Phantom that we're missing out on is Sarah Brightman. Yes. Can I love a girl? Uh, as tradition, can I read you a couple sentences from a Wikipedia article? Please do. I love this, is, this is from Sarah Brightman's Wikipedia article. Uh-huh. At, at age 18 in 1979, Brightman married Andrew Graham Stewart, who then managed the German band Tangerine Dream. Mm-hmm. She later met Andrew Lloyd Webber when she performed in Cats. In 1983, Brightman divorced Graham Stewart, and later that same year, Lloyd Webber divorced his first wife, Sarah Hugel, with whom he had two children. Lloyd Webber and Brightman married on the 22nd of March, 1984, and their relationship quickly became the subject of intense media and tabloid scrutiny. Not long after... Sarah Brightman was cast. This is not in the Wikipedia article. Not long after Sarah Brightman was cast as the star in Andrew Lloyd Webber's *The Phantom of the Opera*, about a man with a warped face falling in love with a woman with a beautiful voice. Like, I mean, the story writes itself, doesn't it? Not even, not even just a man with a warped face, but a man with a warped face who is a music maker exactly. and uses his music creation skills. To woo this beautiful lady with a magnificent voice. I know. No one can deny it's really creepy. It's <laughs> like, effed up. It's effed it's the so hell creepy. up. It's so creepy. I mean, like, Sarah Brightman's good. She's great I mean? in she it. Is, she is obviously the definitive Christine. Because it is um, her. Because <laughs> it's her. It's literally her. I know. It's, it's, that's always such a strange one. As yeah. well, just because, like, it's not, it's not a matchup I would have imagined. No, Andrew Lloyd Webber looks like a shoe. I think he looks a bit like a frog, but whatever you think, Andrew <laughs> Webber, this isn't Andrew Webber bitch fest, okay? We're no, not, we're not no it absolutely is. Um, um, <laughs> you know, and she was so young. I don't know, yeah. I just wor- I worry. I don't well, he, always worry he, about her. He wrote this musical during their whirlwind love affair, and you can't mm-hmm. help but assume that much of it is based on or inspired by their relationship, which is yeah. horrifying. Yeah, well, just because it is, it is, it is dark. When did they break up? 
1990 ish. They divorced in 1990, um, and they get along fine now, apparently, at least publicly. I think I saw saw an interview. It might be Jonathan Ross or someone was interviewing Andrew Weber in like one of his other houses Mm -hmm. abroad, Um, and they they spoke a little bit about it, but I can't I can't remember what that was. I'll try and find it. I'm sticking no. the show notes, but no promises, kids. Yeah, that's that's really creepy, isn't it? It's really creepy, and like the the most, I think the plot of the show is not where not very well fleshed out. The most fleshed out bit of it is the creepy relationship between the Phantom and Christine. Yeah, and Still that's an origin, though. But yeah, no, it's yeah, true. and and that's because it's based in reality, and that's awful. Uh-huh. And I think as well, like you're not meant to. Li- well, I don't know. I remember when I saw it. I didn't really like Raul. No. And like no, I mean, I, I quite liked the Phantom. I was yeah. like, good, you're magical and interesting. Right, which is messed up because Raul is the good guy. Yeah, he doesn't really do anything wrong. Well, I mean, other than want to entrap the Phantom, but then right, again, how he about, kills like, people. So. The Phantom kills a bunch of people. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's um, the bad guy. Done. Yeah, he's definitely the bad guy. Um, but he is often painted as the hero. It's, it's funny that, isn't it? It's really messed up. It's because where, you'd think you'd think more people would notice that. I like. I wonder the people who leave this theater who are like, "Oh, it's so I love the romance in this musical," which I've heard people say and seen articles yeah. about. Like, I don't want that kind of romance anywhere near my existence. Yeah, you know, this is not a love story. It's not a love story to pine after. It's barely no. a love story to begin with, but it's certainly not a love story to be like that. That is what I want. Well, it's as much of a love story as like Sweeney Todd and Mrs. Lovett have. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's based on obsession and it's based, it's not based on anything real. Yeah. I guess that's true. Do you know true. what I mean? I and, mean, th- but you, some... you don't ever, you don't ever leave being like, God, I'm so attracted to Sweeney Todd. Yeah. But I, I think people leave going like at least somewhat attracted to the existence of the love story in this show. I mean, I left being really attracted to Ramin Karimli, who I saw <laughs> playing a phantom, but that's just because his voice is breathtaking. Yeah, he uh, he's no um, Gerard Butler. Oh, right. Segway. Okay. <laughs> I tried to crack my knuckles, but I, can, I don't think they go. They're going. Oh keep god. That in, keep that in, okay. Um, Gerard before Butler. before we oh, poop okay. on Mr. Butler, I do think. <laughs> This... I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, as much as I poo-poo all of this, the movie adaptation of Phantom of the Opera, like the 2004 film, I think is one of the most faithful film productions of any musical I've ever seen. Right. It doesn't cool. win at a lot of points. It's. I'm no. trying to. I'm trying to fit in the compliments I got You're where I can. There, that was a rubbish compliment to give it. <laughs> like it's. It's one. Of, I would say that. What I would say happens there is because the stage set, mm-hmm. the set design's fantastic. Okay, yes. that's it's incredible. Yeah, I remember the opening. Well, not the op- well, actually, the opening scene of the old auction house being all dusty and stuff looks really mm-hmm. cool. And then when that transforms into the opera, really yeah. cool. Yeah, there's um, a there's a, it's whatever a elephant and stuff. Whatever year it was, it was on the Tonys. I think that year they did it in the same house where Phantom was playing and they do the whole sheets being ripped away sort of thing as the intro for the Tony Awards. We'll put it yeah. in the show notes because it's beautiful. It's it's re- that's really really impressive. So, I wonder because that is of such a high standard, mm-hmm. right? That uh, transferring that onto film was just really easy. Yeah, and oh, so that's that's it absolutely like, it. Do you know what I mean? Because I I I I don't think the film is because <laughs> I think it's just <laughs> it is just the like the imagery from the stage show, which is it's fine. I guess you kind of want that for your movie adaptations, but you also want a little bit more license. I would agree. I like there's a couple parts like where they spin around Christine and they transform from the rehearsal to the uh, mm-hmm. performance. Like there's a couple cool cinematic moments in it that very much evoke the magic on stage but while adding in the extra sprinkles you can do with the movie yeah like, those were the few and far between moments where i was like okay yeah here's something i appreciate i could do this i could sit yeah. and watch this and then who comes on oh it's the phantom right what what happened what happened i don't know what, what happened why did I, that happen? <laughs> no. Like, 
The Phantom, <laughs> it's like it's like they totally misread the whole thing and tried to cast someone who was attractive. I, I, I just feel like I don't, and I don't know what I feel. I don't know what I feel. <laughs> like I instantly compare it to Russell Crowe, right, as a Javert. Um, but I feel with Russell Crowe, that kind of happened because, like, Russell Crowe is a. He's a name. A, he's a name. He's a name, and he's known for doing some really good things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's, and he, he has good credits to his. And name. he would bring people into the movie that might not come had Russell Crowe not been in it. Exactly. Exactly. So Jared Butler did what? I mean, Nothing. I like him in other things I've seen him in. What has he been in? He's in a couple James Bond movies. Um, doesn't he have a TV show? Not that I've seen. I just know he's Scottish. Like <laughs> he's Scottish. Yeah, he's Scottish for Paisley. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's 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 completely Scottish. So I should like him, um, for that reason. But I I don't. Uh, <laughs> so, like he can't. Right. He, he can't sing it. Is the big problem. Yeah, his acting is actually okay. It's fine. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he's fine. He's fine. Yeah. But the but singing it, is yeah. so bad. Yeah. It's inaudible yep and he's supposed to and like it's a it's it's a double blow because he's supposed to be a character with the most perfect singing in the world right like he's singing supposed to be hypnotic exactly that's the characterization and they pick gerard butler exactly i can only imagine you know christine listening to it it's like placed in such a weird part of his voice yeah that it actually resonates somehow in her brain and, and makes her pass out or something like that. <laughs> I, I just don't understand. Like, from a technical singing point of view, I don't know where that's coming from. No. It's, like, covered, but also really kind of belted. Yeah. I, they I don't really, know. They really should have just... Because they had other voice doubles in this. Like, yeah. Um, well, and what's in the Mini Driver? Yeah, she's voice doubled with the opera bits. Uh-huh. Um, like, they, why not just... No one would care. <laughs> or just cast someone who can sing. Yeah. Maybe it's 2004, right? Maybe we, like, know, we know there's some tenors out there now. Yeah. Like, Pick anyone who's played Phantom of the Opera ever in the past 20 uh, years by then. And I mean, go. Yeah. It, it was, uh. If they're doing it for the name, which is stupid too, he wears a mask and makeup the whole damn time. Like... You can't recognize him anyway. <laughs> Just well, say it's Gerard Butler and cast someone I think, else. I think it's because he's sexy. I think yeah. that's what they had to go for. But then you're right. Like he's not. He's supposed to be the opposite of sexy. Like he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be Quasimodo. He's supposed to be this awful, awful, disfigured thing. Why yeah. did you cast someone? Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I really, I despair. I despair. The first time I watched it, I put it off. That never happens with me. Yeah. Like at least even with nine, the movie, I fell uh-huh. asleep during it. I didn't yeah. even get the chance to fall asleep during this because I switched it off. Oh, I almost, I, near the end of this, I almost fell asleep. Uh, this is my, I, I watched it for the first time last week because right? I stayed away from it for so long. Yeah. Uh, so many things. Just even like, all of your expectations. <laughs> oh, God. Just stuff like, do you know how many backstages I've seen in my life? Mm hmm. Tons. Watching right. this movie the whole time, I'm like, that's just not how this works. That's not how any of this works. What do you mean there are all of these secret passageways in the opera house? Why are there all these secret passageways in the opera house that clearly only the Phantom knows about, but they all have lit torches in them? Who lit all the torches? Does he walk around every morning and is like, well, I might be doing some mischief this way. Time to light the lights. Yeah, like, I think he's got like a little star. <laughs> just like three is, or four people who that, work for him. That totally answers my question about why they need to pay him a salary. Maybe that's why. Yeah, he's, it's, it's he's just a for his supervisor. Own yeah, yeah. Min, little mini phantoms. He's not looking out to make a decent profit, but like <laughs> if he can get a little bit for himself, just for general yeah. upkeep, of, upkeep of his layer. Yeah, I mean, um, because dry ice—that's quite expensive. That's really expensive. He needs someone to like paint his boat. Like, yeah, got yeah, boat upkeep. You need to light those lights that come up from the exact ground. Who who takes care of the horse when he's not around? Exactly. You know, it's rough being the phantom. (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 a hard life. So I actually think twenty thousand francs is pretty decent. It's pretty (laughs) decent. They're making the money. 
And, and I'm pretty like, sure I'm I'm sure Android Weber intended to write a song with the staff. Yeah. But obviously right. it's it's quite costly to get another four That's true. Characters. That's true. Um, this cat so. and it's such a it's such a small cast too. They really can't add any on. Yeah, exactly. And you know, he doesn't have that the really useful group don't have that much money. Yeah, you don't Lloyd have Webber that much money. always always stretching a dollar. Really, it's it's a hard life for him, but he he does it for his art. He does, he does it because for, he loves it's, it. It's all about the art. It's about the message you say, yeah. and you know the message you want to convey to other people. Yeah, about how you can kidnap women if you want to have sex with them. Yeah, they don't have sex, do they? I mean, I think it's implied as far it's as implied. Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals want to go. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Poor fool, he makes me you another question because i've only seen the movie now yeah, um, yeah, yeah and like i've listened to the music but in near the very beginning mm-hmm. when like the first time we just you know hear the cape ruffle of the phantom and some minor character turns to whoever and goes <gasps> it is the phantom of the opera that bit? yeah that part is that yeah. in the musical um so they sing it they don't say it awkwardly like it's not like a weird meg repeated line it's like the chorus it's a chorus like Ah, it is the Phantom of the Opera. And it's, it's actually quite good because it's kind of like, oh, I we're scared. Ah. I don't believe um, you that it's good. <laughs> so, okay, we, it's, it's the, better than Meg Jury being like, it is the Phantom of the Opera. Like, all we, so when I was in college, we called those wink lines. Yeah, when they yeah, say yeah, the yeah. title of the thing you're in, it's, it's, an old, it's a family guy joke where he is like, hey, they said it. <laughs> they said the thing. It was the thing in the movie. Wink. It's like the little wink to be like, ah, they said the thing in the movie, you know, because it's the title and you're waiting for them to say the title. And it's like, ah, they said it. Um, and it's you an should, awful. You should do a small series of your impressions. Yeah. Peter. Peter... <laughs> Stay tuned for uh, Peter Griffin December, um, where we go through <laughs> the best works of Peter Griffin. Um, I can't but no, wait. like, uh, yeah. One, if you're if you absolutely must do a wink line, you have to save it to near the end because mm-hmm. that's you know to bring you out. You can't do it right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And two, you probably just shouldn't do it, especially with something as stupid as the Phantom of the Opera. Like, yeah. we know it's the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. It's the guy in the mask from the poster underneath the title of the show. Yeah, I figured it out. You don't but need just, to tell me. So it's just because that line is then repeated and like. Some might say it's like a, a use of theme. But, yeah. Uh, Saying the same words again is not a use of theme. Do you know what Andrew Lloyd exactly. Webber does really well? Uses themes over and over again. <laughs> you know how many melody lines there are in this musical? Like three. I know, there really are many. It's um, like three songs over and over again with slightly different words. Oh, a little courtesy. Mademoiselle, Let's talk about the music. Let's talk about the music. Let's talk about the music. Um, so, I, I, like, it's catchy. Yeah. Um, we're, we have to say some positive song. We can't literally just go all in. It and is Like I catchy. say, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. <laughs> it is catchy. There are, there, are, there are tunes in this that get stuck in my head, which yeah. I hate so much. Yeah. And they're very um, um, characteristic. Yeah, they they evoke the feeling of it mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, the overture is very dramatic, and it sets a mood. It does. It sets a something, <laughs> right? Um, and uh, it's a great role for a male tenor. It is a. It's. I mean, it's a role for a male tenor. It's a good role to put on your resume for a male tenor. 
No, it's a it good seemed... rule. It's a good rule to act. Yeah. It yeah. is. Cause, yeah, There's a lot of meat is. to it. That's there for is. Sure. You get to do cool things. You get to work on yeah. stage effects. Blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's a good rule. You get to run all over. Uh-huh. Um, what style is Andrew Lloyd Webber trying to create? With well, I've read many articles uh-huh. where people are saying, literally, we're talking about both sides of the coin. I've got people saying that, oh, he's evoking like, um, Mendelssohn and uh, the da, 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 and it feels just like I'm back in France and now I've got other people being like mm-hmm. it's contrived nonsense it's inappropriate it doesn't make any sense oh, it's like an... so who do we trust I don't know I don't well it's know. he goes back and forth between the melodies he ripped off from Puccini that are like these grand operatic appropriate for the time period and the setting kind of motifs yep to this like 80s discotheque guitar there's a guitar solo in the title song so right is that a product of its time or is it just inappropriate i I think inappropriate i think inappropriate too we so one of the best costume classes i ever took Mm -hmm. um they the professor had a bunch of pictures of like uh, maybe 1910s, 1920s costumes of Greek plays. They were mm-hmm. putting on Greek plays and it was all togas and things like that. Mm-hmm. But everyone was in a really, really tight corset Ooh. because that was the style of the time. Mm-hmm. And her point was... I wore was, an onion on my belt, <laughs> which was the style at the time. Proceed. And the point was, yes, as a costume designer, you're trying to recreate this period but you're never going to do it exactly that way. Yeah. Because there's going to be parts of the style that influence you. And the balance you have to find is to not let those bleed over so much into your work that they become the prominent style. Yeah. I think Lloyd Webber let the 80s bleed too much into Phantom. Yeah. Like, he is the Phantom of the opera, the Phantom of this French opera house. And his theme is this synthesized rock guitar hardcore bam, 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 bam. you know it's a pink floyd melody um as we'll yeah. mention when we get to the plagiarism bit yeah yeah very true very very true um it's 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 just peculiar because it's not like it it's not like you can't write classical music right because some of it is exactly. but there's no it's so scattershot there seems no rhyme or reason to why a particular song is in one style or the other uh-huh um, like so, like the diegetic songs, mm-hmm. the ones that are in the opera. Yeah, the diegetic means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I actually, I actually think are are okay. Yeah, um, I think they're his particularly songs. the the Don Juan ones mm-hmm. because it, you know it's quite Rachmaninoffy. It's quite mm-hmm. um discordant and yeah. you know a very very contrasting to uh whatever Han, uh, was it Hannibal that they're doing at the start um yeah to the, like Hannibal classical like Puccini style operas that they're doing early on um so I think that's quite smart stylistically well yeah. done Android Weber um but the non-diegetic songs are mm. all over the place yeah and it's not like all the nine non-diegetic songs are these synthesized rock songs because like music of the night which is non-diegetic is this lofty opera aria like uh-huh. it's it's high and lofty and it's strings and violins and but it's just for that song and mm-hmm. it's not you know angel the, of angel of music is yeah. like you know kind of lofty too yeah um it's yeah it's so it's like he's got a big prices right wheel next to his <laughs> piano and right before he starts writing he spins it wherever it lands that's the style we're using. It's quite jarring. The ones that I really did, when I saw it, I totally tuned out during the like Carlotta and the two guys scenes. Mm-hmm. Yep. The plot scenes, basically. The plot scenes, which is the worst because they're, right. they're the bad <laughs> songs and they're the ones that are about the story that's happening. Exactly. And none of the good songs actually progress the plot. Exactly. They're, they're just all, like little yeah. love ballads. Yeah, um, exactly. It's... And I think, yeah, it's really frustrating because the thing is, is like Carlotta has the potential to be a nice comic character. Mm-hmm. And I understand good to get a comic character into a show like this, which could be a bit schmaltzy otherwise. Yep. Um, 
But instead, they just kind of, I don't know, they focus less on Carlotta and really focus on these two guys yeah. who have nothing about them. There's we'll no nothing... development. No. There's no relationship. There's no depth. There's nothing. No. And, and yet they have so much to do. Yeah. And they had potential too. They start off where it's like, we, the new owners of the theater. Good luck, fellas. Like, that's a great starting conflict. That's yeah. wonderful. I want to see them be incompetent or savvy or something. Uh-huh. But Whereas they just kind of, they just have to go through the motions because someone needs to drive the plot. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? And it's literally like, Christine, Carlotta, Christine, yeah. Carlotta, Christine, yeah. Carlotta. And it's, I get bored of that very, they, very, very quickly. They are one fourth wall away from just being narrators. <laughs> Have you seen the score? Simply ludicrous. It's the final straw. This is lunacy. Well, you know my views. Not a lunacy. But we daren't refuse. Not another chandelier. Look, my friend, what we have here. Dear Andre, read my orchestrations. We need another first bassoon. Get a play with tone, and that third trombone has to go. The man could not be deaf, so please preferably one who plays in tune. Minnie Driver in the movie, there's no reason for the Phantom to not like her performances, other than her divaness. Yeah, that's another thing. So, right, again, in the more yes, sorry to keep going back to more yes. That's all right. I mean, that's, that's I'd much rather talk about. about that. I know. So in that, basically, um, Carlotta is the wife of the new theatre owner, okay. so obviously becomes the prima donna. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's not the best. Mm-hmm. And she does like these little like scoopy things and like stupid, silly techniques and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. So she's like annoying. Yeah. She's an annoying soprano. Um, but she's the wife so therefore that's why she has the role and that's why the fact that makes sense and And that makes sense yeah whereas this she well she has to just be good yeah do you know what i mean because there's no reason she would be in this role if she wasn't good there's no reason she'd be the diva of the paris opera house if she didn't sing it well but Uh then why does this phantom who's lived there his whole life like, that's it. Why this? Why now? Why yeah. is this the time to cause your mischief? Is it because the owner's leaving? That'd be a great reason if it was fleshed out in the plot. Like, uh-huh. the owner, you know, paying the salary is what kept the Phantom at bay, but that's just a throwaway line in, you know, one of the first scenes, and we yeah. don't really see the Phantom be like, well, you're not fulfilling the wishes the way the previous owner used to. Yeah. The previous owner was doing exactly what the new owners are doing, but somehow now... Yeah. But this is the time to mess it all up. And as far as I know as well, you never find out in the musical, uh-huh. you never find out why he wants the money and why he wants the box free. Am I yep. right about yep. that? You uh, if, if you do find it out, it went over my head. Right, and exactly. I feel like I'm pretty good at watching musicals. And this is this is like, this is, you know, character background for the Phantom, for yep. the plot, for everything. Yeah. And much um, much more important than the character background they do additionally introduce into the musical of, like, his young child backstory and why he ended up here. Like, I'd much rather know why we want to keep the box free. That's more important to the story we're watching right now. Exactly. It's, that, it's, it's kind of like that Chekhov's gun thing again, where you're like, yeah. ah, okay. And obviously, yes, then Raul goes and sits in. He's like, but you're in the box. Right. But, like, I s- but it was free, it was empty. I want to see them have a sword fight in the box. I want to see the Phantom sitting in the box, and want, uh-huh. and like that's where he watches it from. That's where he makes his spooky announcement from. Like, it's his yeah. box, let me see that. But nope. I know. Nothing. Unfurls its splendor, grasp it, sense it, tremulous and tender. Turn your face away from the garish light of day. Turn your thoughts away from cold and feeling light. And Listen to the music of the night. Close your I'll tell you one thing, actually, that I do like about the stage show. Uh-huh. I barely I believe you know, it. I know. <laughs> um, 
so the the scene where he's like spying on Raul and Christine uh, okay. singing, what's that one? The, uh, love, the love duet. I don't know. They're all the same to me. It doesn't matter. Anyway. <laughs> oh, anyway. Um, so he is spying on him singing that. Um, and, but he's singing it from the chandelier. Ooh. Which is now like suspended above all the audience. Yeah. Um, and it's really cool because you don't, you don't see him come out and you, you suddenly like, oh, and that's, that's fun. That's um, really cool. So yeah, this is, I think this is the reason why it's the most longest running Broadway show and yeah. sec- second longest running uh, West End show because of the spectacle. Yeah, absolutely. This is a show about spectacle yeah. in every way. In every way. So at the time in the 80s, if you mm. went to see this and a bloody chandelier flew down above yeah. you, um, it, you know, a chandelier got pulled up above you for, for starters, things were coming out out front of house that yeah. never happened no so this that was huge yeah. already and, and the the boat and the staircase and masquerade yeah. with all the people and the like the creative use of body doubling to you know yeah. when we go down to the layer and the staircase like the the um the fire so in the show he has a fire stick Mm-hmm. like shoots fire um yeah. and it's it's real fire you can feel it it's really cool actually because I, I wasn't sitting in the dress circle um and i don't do you have the dress circle i yeah. think it's just the orchestra that's different yeah we would call it the orchestra yeah, orchestra but... stalls i think um, uh, yeah same thing but anyway um you, i could feel the heat of it on my face in the dress i was like wow that's yeah. cool yeah. You, i mean like these are fun yeah. fun things yeah and um, it's it's very andrew lloyd Webber, cameron mcintosh like this is what they learned from cats cats is successful for the spectacle let yeah. us make a show around the spectacle exactly and it is like it's like what's this is almost like the birth of what special effects can we use though let's use yeah. some special effects because we're doing a musical so yeah. therefore we need special effects yeah it's um it's like oh, wait, we can no you don't we can blame phantom of the opera i think for the confetti gun trend of yeah of musical theater not that they particularly had confetti guns but uh-huh. this was the moment where it was like we can just we can just throw things at the audience and it yeah. doesn't matter what the plot's like as long as you can anyone... ooh and ah at it uh-huh. i wonder if anyone from spider-man turn off the dark will it... sue phantom of the opera because without phantom of the opera there wouldn't be spider-man turn off the dark it's true it seems it's if if, if phantom birthed it then spider-man turn off the dark killed it um, thank right. God, which is <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, and finally we Take can go back long. to musicals being about the plot and not about the yes, About yeah, exactly. Who can fly where? Yeah. Although to be honest with you, though, I must say, um, and Mary Poppins. You've seen Mary Poppins on stage? I I did see Mary Poppins on stage. And oh my it, God, when she this, flies out! Oh, oh it's stunning. I, oh it makes me want to cry. I um, yeah, I'm well, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that works. That's, That's the only beautiful. time I'll allow it. But so this is like. All the reviews and all the the critique of the stage musical and the movie talk about the spectacle, and yeah. that's there's some it's it's a truism, and I read it in a stagecraft book. You don't uh-huh. want people to leave your show humming the set, like uh-huh. that's a that's a a false indicator. If the set works well to support the story, the story, yeah, the story will shine. Yeah. If the story's not shining, people are going to latch onto the other things they can enjoy, yeah. which is the set and the spectacle. Exactly. Because that's the thing. People leave being like, kind of like going, da, 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 da. Oh my God, the chandelier. Da, 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 right. da, da, da. Oh my God, the boat. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's exactly. What, that's what they're talking about. Yeah. It's they're not, not like, oh my God, like, that affected me. Like, right. I understand that. Yeah, God, I'm so like, do you know what I mean? There's nothing Exactly. Like that. It's not like this is going to change the way my relationship with people in the world is. No. Yeah. You're just I'd really hope not as well. Like, <laughs> On the topic of technical prowess, did you know yes. Phantom of the Opera is to blame for renovating a bunch of theaters across the United States? Why is, it, why is that a bad thing? No, it's a wonderful thing. Okay, um, you said to blame. No, well, yes. 
Um, <laughs> is that just because you always want to make it at fault? There, it will there, always be at fault. They're to blame for everything. Um, <laughs> it was a cancelled tour, and so uh, I don't know when it was, where it felt, because they've done a bunch of US tours, but there mm-hmm. was one tour they were planning around the US to a bunch of different theater houses, mm-hmm. and the show's about the spectacle, so you have to make sure you can do the spectacle. Of course. And high on the list is the chandelier. Yeah. A bunch of touring houses across the US were just not built to be able to rig and hang all of those effects mm-hmm. from the roof of them. And so preemptively, the production team went out to these, you know, Broadway-sized houses across the US and like invested a bunch of money, rebuilt them, rebuilt the roofs, like reinforced them all, updated them, upgraded them, and then the tour got canceled. And so just for free, Andrew Lloyd Webber renovated a bunch of theaters across the US. Well, thank you, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's so funny. Oh, well, that's, that's a nice thing, isn't it? It is a nice thing. Every once in a while, ALW pulls a nice thing out of his pants. Yeah. I'm going to rephrase that. <laughs> Please do. Um, this is a PG podcast. Okay. Uh, but I regardless I don't of have to slap an explicit sticker onto it, this, right? regardless of the rating of the podcast, I just think no one should be thinking about things Andrew Lloyd Webber's whipping out of his pants. Absolutely not. That sounds like a like cards against humanity card or something. Wishing you were somehow Sometimes it seemed if I just read, somehow you would be here, wishing I could hear your voice again. Is there anything you've not bitched about? Uh, there is a whole heading audience on our like <sighs> note-taking document titled, This is just a section for Tommy's bitching. Exactly. <laughs> Let's see, we've covered everything. The music is boring and predictable. We talked yep. about that. The lyrics are inconsequential. That almost goes without saying. There was, um, uh, have you ever heard of Amy Walker? Mm-mm. Uh, she did, she did. It, was, it must have been like a little cabaret show or something. Uh-huh. Um, and she performed this song that was basically mocking the lyrics in uh, Phantom of the Opera. And it will be in the show notes for your pleasure. Oh, that really sounds good. like my favorite thing in the world. Yeah. yeah. They're all, what is it? Softly, gently. They, they're so not memorable. I don't know what comes next. Exactly. Something, um, something, Bentley. Music, music shall correct, caress you. Really? It doesn't yeah. even rhyme? Softly, gently, music shall caress you. Cross I hate it, this musical. It. No, I hear it, feel it, no. Uh, but this is it it's like it doesn't know See, how can you learn the nothing... words because they're all the same yeah um, the phantom of the opera is there inside your mind like yeah. that's it that's awful. Um, um, what else cool. do they have to bitch about uh, none of the songs progress the plot we talked about that mm-hmm. um, this is like Stockholm Syndrome human, human trafficking yeah mm-hmm. um, this is not how backstages work and there's only mm-hmm. like three melodies yeah oh and most of them are plagiarized we didn't let's talk about the plagiarism, plagiarism of Andrew Lloyd Webber. Hooray. Big text lands and cracks the ground beneath exactly. it. Exactly. How many theses have been written about this? Oh eh? God. Yeah. So yeah, every I feel everyone must know this or know I mean, something about it. If you don't, edu- educate yourselves. Educate yourselves. Learn. Um. <laughs> so, Andrew Lloyd Webber is notorious for stealing. <laughs> songs yeah and he and gets his, away with it he does get away with it because he's got a lot of money and power um, yeah but i mean a lot of people it's funny like you look on youtube and a lot of people are like no he's not stealing there's only 12 notes so therefore every now and again something's gonna go along i'm like yeah, yeah but no sorry <laughs> yeah and then not... you listen to the one like the mashup of you know puccini's song and music of the night and you're like oh that's exactly the same it's the exact same i mean the one for me is pink floyd oh my god Echoes. it's the like yeah it's, it's the it's the riff it's the phantom riff the yeah yeah and it's I'm like sure in the same it, key it's in the it's same just, it's meter just the same. Yeah. it's the same 
It's the exact same. Um, but I love the story. <laughs> Classic Pink Floyd. Uh-huh. Um, the guy was like, I just can't be bothered seeing him. Like, yeah. he's stolen it. Fine. I can't be bothered. <laughs> like, yeah. I love that. That's classic Pink Floyd. Um, that they would just be like, eh, fine. But how frustrating. So it's frustrating. Really, it's really frustrating. And so, mandatory Hamilton reference. Um, mm-hmm. When Lynn uses other people's lyrics, there's a whole three pages in the back of the album. Right. It's like, these lyrics from this song used with permission. These yeah. lyrics from this song used with permission. Yeah. And it's always trying to say something about you know, drawing the connection between these two, uh-huh. whereas Lloyd Webber's like, I can't be arsed to yeah. think of something new. I'll yeah, just I steal don't... this other thing. Yeah. No one will notice. Guess what? We notice. Everyone noticed. Yeah. Like, I don't mind an illusion. No. Our, our good man Dave Malloy does it as well. You know All the I mean? time. Yeah. Absolutely fine, because he acknowledges it, and it makes yeah. sense. Whereas this is literally just like, there's a ditty, and yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. And like in this crap yeah. I mean, he got, you know, the one, I didn't know there was still an, a Puccini estate, like, relatives yeah. to, you know, still control his assets, but they sued him, yep. and they settled out of court, which, yep. you know, in America, we have innocent until proven guilty, <laughs> but I'd wager that's a pretty big sign of, please just make this go away. Yeah, exactly. And hey, here's my money from the musical that I stole the yep. music from. You yep. can have that. Um, yep. Uh, and then there was another one as well that uh, they had a, a lawsuit and then it got thrown out or something. Eventually, yeah. It was like eight years long with the songwriter. His name was Ray Rep. Right. I think. And um, it's not just in Phantom. It's not just Phantom. He's no. did it with um, I Don't Know How to Love Him. Yep. That's and he something. did it. And memory. Isn't it part of memory is from something else. I think it's Bolero. Yeah. Which is it like everyone knows that song. Exactly. Steal from something more obscure. Like that's the other part. Not only is he a plagiarist, he's a crappy plagiarist. Yeah, exactly. And I love as well that memory, you're just using the words of T.S. Eliot with the music of whoever wrote Bolero. Yeah, it's like, why is your name even on this, Andy? Exactly. I can do that too. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Here's the words why, of old Dal set to the music of I don't know Rufus Wainwright. Like, right? Why aren't we millionaires? Like, we will be. Don't worry. So that was the Phantom of the Opera. Oh, we never have to talk about it again. Do you feel better now, Tommy? No. Do you not? I thought that might be some nice like therapy for there's you. There's nothing and... there's nothing cathartic about it. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> um please send all hate mail to P.O. Box. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um no I'm joking, I don't know Tommy's P.O. Box. Do you uh, have a P.O. Box? I do have a P.O. Box. Do you want to shout it out now? Or uh it's on the Reddit. I'll say the numbers wrong, but you can look it up. It's on the sidebar. Excellent. Did you ever get anything in your PO box? Uh, I, someone sent me nonsense. I tweeted about it at one point. Oh, yeah. And a very nice letter. It was very sweet. Aw. Yeah. I love a, nonsense. I had, Have you I, watched it yet? I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Oh, my God. It's really funny. It sounds hilarious. It's really funny. Um, so that was fun for the opera. Uh, next week, we're going to be doing another episode. Did you know that? I I did not know that. We should discuss these things beforehand. <laughs> Someone would think we're a weekly podcast. Hey, haters! Right, we come on. We've done like a whole month now. Haven't we're we? doing pretty More good. So. Of course, now um, this will, this will be the time where we drop the ball. I know. Can't imagine. <laughs> no, we're we're great now. We're on it. Um. So, do you want to know a quiz question? I absolutely do. Okay. So the film that this musical is based upon. Shock horror, a musical being based on a film, um, is the only best picture 
Oscar winner, not to be nominated for any other Academy Awards. What scandal? Best, best picture or bust? Best picture or bust. I like that. I want a bumper sticker that says that. I'll make you one. Ex- excellent. I need a car to go with it. <laughs> right. Uh, I can't make you one of those. Uh, what good are you? I'm not. <laughs> uh, so. We're... Thank you to everyone who's been reviewing us on iTunes. We really appreciate it. It really does help if you leave us a review on iTunes. Yes, please. Please do it. Um, and if you want to get in touch with us and tell us personally how much you love us, then that's great. <laughs> please do. Um, my Twitter is at Hendrix, and you can also find me on the tubes that, of you uh, at Hendrix as well. And I'm at Musical Mesh on Twitter and Musical Theatre Mesh on YouTube. And our show Twitter is at Jim Atomic. Or you can go to our website, jimantomic.com, which has the link to our Reddit discussion, where we chat really good chats. We always get good chats at the Reddit. Every single one. I've yet to be disappointed. I'm never disappointed with the Reddit. You all are beautiful people. Um, And tell your friends to listen to this. Thanks. Uh, (laughs) And so (laughs) we shall see you next Voden's Day. Von's Day? Voden's Day. You made that up. No, where did you think Wednesday is based off of? Have you not read American Gods? I thought, God, Tommy, get I thought, out. Isn't it named after the daughter from the Adams family? No. Oh, Wednesday Adams? <laughs> the Wednesday's not. Um, get out of here, all you. Why are you still listening? Yeah. <laughs> I'll do. I suppose I never said what it was. It was <laughs> based on, um, not based on, named after Odin. Oh, that makes sense. The The Allfather. Yeah. The Norse Godmaster. The King of Hump Day. <laughs> if only he knew. He'd be rolling in his <laughs> grave, right? Would he have a grave? I thought they burnt Norse people on boats. Very true. Brendan. Oh, which Brendan is that? The Brendan V. Is that the one that... Um, we mentioned last time because if it isn't, not getting rid of. I think it's a different. No, that was Brandon. We mentioned. We mentioned, mentioned Brandon. Brandon. This is Brandon. <laughs> I think everyone who listens to our podcast is called some variation of Brandon or Brandon. Yeah, exactly. I, there's at least four. That's yeah, quite that's odd, what, isn't it? That's an odd thing. That's how you know how people like think of terms for like the their fans and people who listen to their things. Uh-huh. We should just call them the Brendans. The Brendans, and we'd hit most of them. Hello, all you Brendans. <laughs> <laughs> Friendans. Our Friendans. Our good Friendans. That isn't going to be official. <laughs> Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There is enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.